I heard a story about a couple that had two young boys who were quite mischievous. Uh, They were always getting into trouble. If something went wrong, they were probably at least had something to do with it. And so the parents are just at their wits' end, and so they, they talked to the preacher, and they said, you know, can you talk to them and maybe talk some sense into them, just try to get them on somewhat of the right track. And so the preacher agreed, and he said, I want to talk to them individually, and first I want to talk to the younger one, then after that I'll talk to the older one. And so the preacher was this just big guy, and he had a booming voice, and so rather intimidating. And so the young boy walks into his office, and the preacher sat him down, and he asked him, where is God? Because he wants him to understand that God is all around us, and there's nothing that we do that God cannot see. And so every action we take, God sees, and he sees your little, you know, little son. He sees your actions, and the preacher wants him to understand this. And, and yet the, the young boy doesn't really understand the line of questioning, and so he hears the question, where is God? And his mouth just drops open. He can't even utter a word because he's so intimidated by this big preacher and his question. And so the preacher asks him again, and this time in a sterner tone. He says, where is God? And again, the boy just couldn't even make an attempt to answer. And so the preacher raised his voice one more time, even stronger, shook his finger in the boy's face, and he says, where is God? Well, at this point, the young boy is just terrified and he's about to lose it so he bolts out of the preacher's office and he's got his brother who's waiting just outside about to go in the older brother's trying to calm him down because the younger boy is just on the verge of tears and he says what happened what you know what's going on and the younger brother gasping for breath and on the verge of tears replied brother we are in big trouble god is missing and they think we did it i love kids I love kids. Um, I, I think they are awesome. Uh, they have a wonderful sense of imagination, and their perspective through which they see things is unlike anything else. Um, but let's also be honest, kiddos. You drive us nuts sometimes, more than sometimes, and you drive us crazy, and you put us at wit's end sometimes, but we love you. I love my kids uh, so, so much, and I would not trade them for anything. And while it's not always easy, uh, it is definitely not a burden, but it is a great blessing and privilege to be a parent because kids are, children are a gift from God, no matter how much they drive us nuts sometimes. Here's another reality about children too. No matter how old you are, you are still someone else's child, right? No matter how old you are, you are still someone else's child. Well, we are in the midst of a series entitled Home Improvement in which we're walking through uh, the Apostle Paul's words in Ephesians chapters 5 and 6. And today our series brings us to the topic of children and parents. And it's something that is applicable to all of us because while all of us may not be parents, we are all, as I just said, children of someone. So turn with me, if you would, uh, to Ephesians chapter 6, or you can follow along on the screen up here. We're going to be starting in verse 1. Ephesians chapter 6, starting in verse 1. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise, so that it may go well with you and that you may enjoy long life on the earth. 
Fathers, do not exasperate your children. Instead, bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. Now, my plan was to try and get all of this into one lesson where we talk about parents or children and parents. I just didn't feel like that would be possible without going quite long. And so I'm going to split this week and next week, or I'm going to split this lesson into two weeks, this week and next week. Today we're going to cover the children's part. Next week we're going to cover the uh, parents' part. But as for today, uh, as I've told you the last few weeks as we've been in this series, we're in the middle of what scholars call the household code here in Ephesians chapters 5 and 6, where Paul is writing to help believers connect their relationship with Jesus to some of the other or the primary relationships in our lives, whether it be our relationship with our spouse, uh, our relationship as children to our parents, our relationship as parents to our children, uh, or even our relationships in the workplace setting. And what's curious to me about this part, this particular part of Paul's letter here, and this particular part of the uh, household code, is that Paul makes the assumption that children will be in the audience when this letter is read, which is what they would do with the letter. They, they got the letter and they would read it aloud to uh, the church that was meeting there. But he addresses children directly. Why? Well, first, I think because they needed to hear what he was saying. But secondly, I think because he considers them to be a part of the church there that is meeting in Ephesus. And I think there's some significance. It's easy to kind of overlook uh, for, for him acknowledging them being a part of the congregation. He considers them to be a part of that and specifically to acknowledge them in a public way because that wasn't a typical and common thing. And even today, sometimes we'll say, uh, and I'm guilty of this, and, and maybe you've said something along these lines, that children are the church of tomorrow, right? We'll say that. Children are the church of tomorrow. But the reality is that children are part of our church body here and the church as a whole around the globe, right? They're a part of our church and God's church today. Now, they're the leaders in many ways of tomorrow, but they're a part of the church today. And because they're a part of the church today, God has a word for them today. In fact, God has a few words, both for little kids and us Big kids, because again, you're still someone's child no matter how old you are. And here's the first thing. As, as children, we are called to live under our parents. As children, we are called to live under our parents. In particular, this is a word for children who are still living at home, although this is applicable no matter what age you are at. I think it's more applicable to those who are living under the influence and under the authority of their parents. That word for obey really has a, a, a military term to it. It's to stand under. It's often associated in a military context. It literally means to stand under, which makes sense if you remember that Paul, after he finishes with this household code here in Ephesians chapters 5 and 6, the beginning of chapter 6, he talks about at the end of chapter 6 the spiritual battle that's taking place. He talks about how our struggles in these relationships, in our uh, marriages, in our uh, families with our children and children with our parents and even in the workplace, that it's not those relationships and our struggles there aren't, aren't against flesh and blood. The, the, the struggle isn't really with the people in front of your face or the people that you're sitting next to right now or maybe that you're thinking about right now. The, 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 the struggle, rather, is against the spiritual forces, those unseen spiritual forces of evil that are at work 
around us. And in many ways, when you think about it, in many ways, in the marriage and in the family is where we most often encounter those spiritual battles. That's what Satan hits hard, and that's where those struggles are going to occur. And it really shouldn't be too surprising that Paul uses this military language theme when talking about children and parents, because listen, children aren't exempt from spiritual warfare. Satan doesn't wait, and he's like, yeah, I mean, they're a little too young for me to hit them, right? They're a little too young for me to attack them. Satan's not worried about your kids' age, Satan is going to attack us no matter what age we are, no matter what stage of life we are in. He targets from the earliest of ages, and yet God has given children, parents, to serve as commanding officers while they're growing up so that they can be guided and directed through those battles. And following the instructions of godly parents can help protect us from a lot of bad, poor decisions and choices early on in our lives that can affect the quality of our life and also in some cases affect the length of our life in certain cases. And I think this is some of what Paul is getting at when he quotes from Deuteronomy chapter, uh, chapter 5. He says in verse 2, Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise. In other words, not only is this, you know, th- this is one of the first commandments, right? It's in the Ten Commandments that God gives to the, uh, to the people of Israel back in the Old Testament. Not only is this one of the first commandments, but it also holds a promise. There's a promise associated with this commandment that, Paul, or that, that God gives to the uh, Israelites. And what's the promise? That it may go well with you and that you may enjoy long life on the earth, which I guess you could say the other side of that, right? It reminds me of what my dad used to say to me. I don't know how many of you, uh, I, I know some of the things that surround the star of this show, but I don't know how many of you remember the Bill Cosby show. Uh, one of the first episodes uh, he's having this discussion with Theo, and he says to Theo, I brought you in this world, and I can take you out of it. That was one of my dad's favorite lines, was to say that. Um, and and I, th- th- I don't think that's exactly what Paul is saying here when he's talking about the, the length of your life, but um, it, would, it just makes things a lot easier, kids, when you don't <laughs> drive your parents to that level. Um, but there is a promise so that, that when we obey our parents and honor our parents, um, that is what the promise holds, that, that it may go well with us, that it will go well with us, and we enjoy long life on the earth. You know, so often our culture has a distorted view of authority. But authority from God's perspective is meant to be a good thing, and it is a needed thing. Authority from God's perspective, in essence, is leadership that develops growth and life. Leadership that develops growth and life. Authority is the laying down of boundaries and rules, if you want to use that, that language, but boundaries and, and the giving of direction that promotes life and growth in those who we are leading or who are under our authority. And our parents are given authority over us as children for the sake of our life and our growth. Now, there were times, and I'm guessing that kids, you probably would echo this, uh, probably my kids in particular might echo this. There were times growing up where I felt my parents were not there for developing my life and growth, but they were there to squelch my life and growth, right? Amen. Some of you can probably attest to that. But that's not the reality of parents. And, and listen, parents are not perfect either. We'll get to that in depth in a little bit uh, in just a second. But that's not the role of parents, and I don't think that's the desire of most parents. And God has given that authority to parents with the purpose of promoting life 
and growth. And kids, that's a good thing to keep in mind. Your parents really do most of the time have what's best in mind for you. But not only does following the instructions of godly parents protect us and develop us, I also think it helps us helps to prepare us for, uh, for respecting authority later in life, which is something that all of us as, as adults have to live under the reality of, and yet something that we see is very much lacking in our society nowadays. I, I used to think when I was growing up, and I'm guessing some of you younger kids, maybe teenagers in particular, I can't wait to get out of my parents' house so that I can do what I want to do and not have to answer to anybody. I've been out of my parents' house for about 23 years, and I have yet to find the day where I can do whatever I want and not have to answer to anybody, right? That's just not the reality. You're always going to have to answer to somebody. But even beyond respecting authority later in life, more importantly, living under the authority of God or of our parents prepares us to live under the authority of God. Here's the deal. A child who won't obey a parent who they can see most likely will not obey a God who they cannot see. Let me say that again. A child who won't obey a parent who they can see, most likely will not obey a God who they cannot see. On the flip side, when children are obeying their parents and living under the authority of their parents, they're also obeying and living under the authority of Jesus Christ. Paul says, obey your parents because it's the right thing to do. It's the godly thing to do. And it's the right thing to do and the godly thing to do because it's obeying what God has said from the very beginning. And it's submitting ultimately to his authority. And so when a child obeys a parent, that's an act of obedience and reverence to God and to Christ. But also understand the other side of the equation. By choosing not to obey your parents and to honor your parents, you are choosing to obey and honor someone else who does not have your best interest at heart. Bob Dylan once sang, you got to serve somebody. And that is the reality. If you choose not to submit to the authority of your parents and instead choose the, to follow the so-called wisdom, quote-unquote, of this world, then you are submitting yourself, you're putting yourself under Satan's authority. Now, you may not think you're doing that, children, but that is what you are doing. You're putting yourself under the authority of Satan and of the ways of this world. Those are really the only two choices. Either you submit to God, who has ordained your parents as the authority, or you submit to Satan and the ways of this world. And Satan's got some tricks up his sleeve. And what he does is he promises pleasure and fulfillment and things that in the end only bring disappointment and destruction. He appeals to our desire for immediate gratification. I want this, so I'm going to go and get it regardless of what anybody tells me to do. He promises us freedom from stifling rules. Why do you need to follow these things? You do what you want to do. There's freedom in that, right? He appeals to the pride of our intellect, telling us to think for ourselves and not accept the outdated standards of God's word and what our parents want us to do. But when you follow him, you become a slave to corruption. It's not a question of, of, of possibly, it just, that is the reality. And so when it comes to obeying your parents, let me simply say to any child or teenager, hopefully who is listening to me and you haven't checked out, but Paul says that when you follow God by obeying and honoring your parents, even when it's hard, and sometimes especially when it's hard, God sees your obedience 
as an act of honor and worship to him. And he will bless that. He will bless that. There's also a second calling here to children. Not only are we called to live under our parents, but we're also called to lift up our parents, to lift up our parents. And this is a word not just for little kids, but for us big kids too. Because again, don't mean to beat a dead horse here, but you are the child of somebody no matter what age you are. Again, Paul says in verse two, honor your father and mother. Now understand, it is possible to obey your parents by the letter of the law and to not honor your parents. Let me say that again. It is possible to obey your parents and not honor your parents. By the way, Scripture says nothing here. Now we'll get to verse four, I promise you this, which was like my favorite verse growing up until I started to understand it. Fathers don't exasperate your children. I like to say that along, uh, you know, all the time. Anytime my parents told me something I didn't want, you know, to do, that they were exasperating me. We'll get to that next week, okay? I promise you. But this section here says in, in verse, well, I guess it's not up on the screen, in your, you know, in your Bibles, says nothing about whether your parents are honorable. It says, children, honor your parents regardless of how honorable they may be. Now, again, I, I also understand that looks different in some settings, but the call is to honor and lift up our parents. Honor your father and your mother. So how do we do that? How do we go about doing that? Well, let me give you a few suggestions. And, and first, and this is something we already hit on a, a little bit, but we can humbly, or we are called to humbly, accept our parents' God-ordained role in our lives. Not only do we see this in our passage in Ephesians chapter 6, uh, which quotes from Deuteronomy chapter 5, which is also found in Exodus chapter 20, but really we see it throughout the pages of Scripture, this God-ordained role that parents are given as authorities over their children for the sake of their growth and development. In fact, even Jesus, okay, kids, even Jesus had to submit to the authority of his God-given parents to their role, their authoritative role in his life. You remember in Luke chapter 2, Joseph, Jesus is, is, is a young boy at this point, and Joseph and Mary go down to, uh, go down to celebrate the, the Passover festival, and they, they kind of lose Jesus. Um, he kind of wanders off, and, and, you know, and it's a community setting, so it's, that's not really on them. Um, but but they, he kind of gets away from them for a little bit, and they can't find him. And eventually they find him in the temple courts and he's meeting with the teachers of the law and kind of showing them up a little bit because he's God's son, you know. Uh, and, and he's asking them questions or answering questions. And, uh, and so finally they find him. And I can imagine, you know, just being a parent, even though it's Jesus, there's probably a little bit of a passionate exchange that takes place. But after that, listen to what Luke says. This is in Luke chapter 2, verses 51 and 52. This is Jesus, Jesus and his earthly parents says, then he went down to Nazareth with, Nazareth with them and was obedient to them. But his mother treasured all these things in her heart and Jesus grew in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man. Jesus was under his parents' authority and Luke says he grew in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man. Remember that godly perspective of authority, leadership that promotes life, and growth, and as imperfect as Jesus' earthly parents were, and as perfect as he was, he still continued to submit to his parents' authority, and he grew by submitting to that authority. So children, you really have no excuse, even if you are perfect, which you're not. 
you still have to submit to your parents' authority. Secondly, I think another way we honor our parents is that we look to meet their needs. We look to meet their needs. There will come a time in most of our lives when we will be called to care for our parents as they have cared for us. Speaking of Jesus, do you remember uh, what he had the presence of mind to do when he was hanging from the cross? John chapter 19, verses 26 and 27. When Jesus saw his mother there and the disciple whom he loved standing nearby, he said to her, woman, here is your son. And to the disciple, here is your mother. And from that time on, this disciple took her into his home. Paul told this to Timothy in 1 Timothy chapter 5, verse 4. But if a widow has children or grandchildren, these should learn, first of all, to put their religion into practice. Put your religion in practice. Put your money where your mouth is, so to speak, as we might say, by caring for their own family and so repaying their parents and grandparents, for this is pleasing to God. And so looking to meet their needs, something that Paul told Timothy to do and to teach, and something that Jesus did even from the cross is yet another way that we lift up and honor our parents. And then finally, I think a third way we lift up our parents, we extend them some grace. We extend them some grace. As children, we are called to extend grace to our parents. Someone once said that being a parent is the hardest job you will ever love. And I think that is so true. It's hard being a parent. It is not easy. And I think it's often made harder because it's easy to forget that just because you're a parent doesn't mean that you're not a sinner. Just because you're a parent doesn't mean that you're not a sinner, that you've stopped sinning, that you get it right, right? I need Jesus just as much as my kids need Jesus. And they need to be reminded of that, and I need to be reminded of that. Kids, your moms and dads need Jesus. And I know some of you are probably saying, amen, they need Jesus. But your your parents need Jesus just as much as you do. Even when parents are at their best, and trying their best. They still make mistakes from time to time. And of course, that's not even taking into account when we're not at our best, right? Being a parent doesn't mean you're no longer a sinner. And so we're called to cut our parents some slack, little kids and us big kids, and extend them some grace and to honor them. And as parents, listen, some of this falls on us to not let our kids live under the illusion that we are perfect. Although truth be told, most of our kids have probably found that out a long time ago, right? They know we're not. But let's not carry ourselves as though we are perfect or that we don't need Jesus just as much as we're trying to convince them that they need Jesus. And listen, Paul doesn't let parents off the hook either, particularly fathers. But we'll deal with that next week. As for today, God's word for us is to children, both young and and old. And as I said at the beginning, no matter how old you are, how young you are, you are still somebody's child. Let me also say this. I certainly understand that these are tall orders, especially considering the relationships that some of you uh, I know and some of you I may not know have or don't have with your earthly parents. I get that. I, I get this is, this is not easy stuff, just like we talked about marriage last week, and it's not easy stuff. But let me also remind you that what God calls you to do, he also empowers you to do. Remember what Paul says in verse 18 of chapter 5 of Ephesians, to be filled with 
the Spirit. And when we are filled with God's Spirit, He's there to guide us and to empower us every step of the way. And so maybe today it's time for a fresh filling, for us to receive a fresh filling of God's Spirit in order for us to lift up and honor our parents.